Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the Monday, June 19th episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. The Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a humble member of the Christian podcast community. You can find us over at christianpodcastcommunity.org. A lot of great listening over there. Definitely worth your while. Please continue to to check in on the final two links on our show notes. They are for the Vail, the first one is for the Vale Valley Baptist Church Give Sin Go campaign. We are striving. Excuse me. We are striving to rapidly pay off our mortgage so that we can commit establishment of a Christian classic education-based school to provide an alternative, a trustworthy alternative in our community. Go ahead and click on the link. It'll provide you a much more thorough description of what we're trying to do. And then we would ask three things of you. We'd ask you to pray for us. We'd ask you to prayerfully consider giving to us. And we'd ask you to pass the link along. All right, the final link in the show notes um, is for Nathaniel Jolly, and his wife. They are up in Alaska. They are church plants up there. They have a broken down car. It, it is the, the sole vehicle. And I believe it also helps them with um, ministry work that they do. Being a church plant, they don't draw a salary. So there's not really an income to cover this. They need $8,000 to fix that vehicle, which is obviously more, more um, cost effective than trying to replace the vehicle. So go ahead and click on that link as well. Nathaniel provides a very solid description of what their needs are, then I would ask you to do the same for them, to go pray for them, to prayerfully consider giving to them, and to pass the link along. The last I saw, they were just, they had gotten just under $7,400. They need 8000 So let's see if we can help them out and push them over that so they can make sure and take care of this and get it done. All right. Um, I know normally with Monday, um, I, I would do um, a morning and evening segment and we do Bible study. Um, the fact is, I, I just, we've had some tough stuff go on family-wise over this weekend and I just was not, and, and with Father's Day and everything else, I just was not able to get stuff together to be ready to start Bible study for this evening, for Monday evening. Um, I, I have put together what's going to be for the rest of the week. I need to finish the studying for it, but we will, God willing, pick up our Bible study on Tuesday evening and go Tuesday through Friday evening for it. But we're going to just do our Bible reading for this, for today, for Monday. So let's go ahead and open up with the second day morning prayer. It's called God over all. Let's pray. O God, all sufficient, thou hast made and upholdest all things by the word of thy power. Darkness is thy pavilion. Thou walkest on the wings of the wind. All nations are nothing before thee. One generation succeeds another, and we hasten back to the dust. The heavens we behold will vanish away like the clouds that cover them. The earth we tread on will dissolve as a morning dream. But thou, unchangeable and incorruptible, art forever and ever. God over all, blessed eternally. Infinitely great and glorious art thou. We are thy offspring and thy care. 
thy hands have made and fashioned us. Thou hast watched over us with more than parental love, more than maternal tenderness. Thou hast holden our soul in life, and not suffered our feet to be moved. Thy divine power has given us all things necessary for life and godliness. Let us bless thee at all times, and forget not how thou hast forgiven our iniquities, healed our diseases, redeemed our lives from destruction, crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercies, satisfied our mouths with good things, renewed our youth like the eagles. May thy holy scripture sorry, govern every part of our lives and regulate the discharge of all our duties, so that we may adorn thy doctrine in all things. Amen. All right, our morning devotion for today. Uh, the text for it is from Acts 2, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Rich were the blessings of this day if all of us were filled with the Holy Ghost. The consequences of this sacred filling of the soul it would be impossible to overestimate. Life, comfort, light, purity, power, peace, and many other precious blessings are inseparable from the Spirit's benign presence. As sacred oil, he anoints the head of the believer, sets him apart to the priesthood of saints, and gives him grace to execute his office aright. As the only truly purifying water, he cleanses us from the power of sin and sanctifies us unto holiness, working in us to will and to do of the Lord's good pleasure. As the light, he manifested to us at first our lost estate, and now he reveals the true, the Lord Jesus to us and in us, and guides us in the way of righteousness. Enlightened by his pure celestial ray, we are no more darkness but light in the Lord. As fire, he both purges us from dross and sets our consecrated nature on a blaze. He is the sacrificial flame by which we are enabled to offer our whole souls as a living sacrifice unto God. As heavenly dew, he removes our barrenness and fertilizes our lives. Oh, that he would drop from above upon us at this early hour. Such morning dew would be a sweet commencement for the day. As the dove with wings of peaceful love, he broods over his church and over the souls of believers. And as a comforter, he dispels the cares and doubts which mar the peace of his beloved. He descends upon the chosen as upon the Lord in Jordan, and bears witness to their sonship by working in them a filial spirit by which they cry, Abba, Father. As the wind, he brings the breath of life to men blowing where he listeth. He performs the quicken, quickening operations by which the spiritual creation is animated and sustained. Would to God that we might feel his presence this day and every day. All right. Well, now we're going to do our reading. We're going to be reading 1 Kings 20 and 21. We're going to be reading from Acts 12, verse 24 to Acts 13, verse 15, uh, Psalm 137, and then Proverbs 17, verse 6. So, 1 Kings 20, hear the word of the Lord. Now Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, gathered all his military force, and there were thirty-two kings with him, and horses and chariots, and he went up and besieged Samaria and fought against it. Then he sent messengers to the city's city to Ahab, king of Israel, and said to him, Thus says Ben-Hadad, Your silver and gold are mine, your most beautiful wives and children are also mine. Then the king of Israel answered and said, It is according to your word, my lord, O king, I am yours and all that I have. Then the messengers returned and said, Thus says Ben-Hadad, Surely I sent to you, saying, You shall give me your silver and your gold and your wives and your children. But about this time tomorrow I will send my servants to you, and they will search your house and the houses of your servants, and whatever is desirable in your eyes they will put in their hand, 
and carry away. Then the king of Israel called all the elders of the land and said, Please know and see how this man is looking for trouble. For he sent to me for my wives and my children and my silver and my gold, and I withheld nothing from him. And all the elders and all the people said to him, Do not listen or consent. So he said to the messengers of Ben-Hadad, Say to my lord the king, All that you sent for to your servant at the first I will do, but this thing I cannot do. And the messengers departed and brought him word again. Then Ben-Hadad sent to him and said, May the gods do so to me and more also, if the dust of Samaria will be sufficient for a handful for all for a handful for all the people who follow me. Then the king of Israel answered and said, Speak to him. Let not him who girds on his armor boast like him who takes it off. Now it happened that when Ben-Hadad heard this message as he was drinking with the kings in the booths, he said to his servants, Station yourselves. So they stationed themselves against the city. Now behold, a prophet approached Ahab, king of Israel, and said, Thus says Yahweh, Have you seen all this great multitude? Behold, I will deliver them into your hand today, and you shall know that I am Yahweh. And Ahab said, By whom? So he said, Thus says Yahweh, By the young men of the rulers of the provinces. Then he said, Who shall begin the battle? And he said, You. Then he mustered the young men of the rulers of the provinces, and there were two hundred and thirty-two. And after them he mustered all the people, even all the sons of Israel, seven thousand. And they went out at noon, while Ben-Hadad was drinking himself drunk in the booths with the thirty-two kings who helped him. And the young men of the rulers of the provinces went out first. And Ben-Hadad sent out, and they told him, saying, Men have come out from Samaria. Then he said, If they have come out for peace take them alive, or if they've come out for war, take them alive. So these went out from the city, the young men of the rulers of the provinces, and the military force which followed them. And they each struck his man, and the Arameans fled, and Israel pursued them. And Ben-Hadad king of Aram escaped on a horse with horsemen. And the king of Israel went out and struck down the horses and chariots, and struck the Arameans with a great slaughter. Then the prophet came near to the king of Israel and said to him, Go, strengthen yourself and know and see what you have to do. For at the turn of the year, the king of Aram will come against you. Now the servants of the king of Aram said to him, Their gods are gods of the mountains. Therefore they were stronger than we, but rather let us fight against them in the plain and surely we will be stronger than they. Do this thing, remove the kings each from his place and put captains in their place. And you shall number a military force like the military force that you have lost, horse for horse and chariot for chariot. Then we will fight against them in the plain and surely we will be stronger than they. And he listened to their voice and did so. Now it happened at the turn of the year that Ben-Hadad mustered the Arameans and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. Now the sons of Israel were mustered and were provided for and went to meet them. And the sons of Israel camped before them like two little flocks of goats, but the Arameans filled the land. Then a man of God came near and spoke to the king of Israel and said, Thus says Yahweh, because the Arameans have said Yahweh is a god of the mountain, but he is not a god of the valleys. Therefore I will give all this great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am Yahweh. So they camped one opposite the other seven days. Now it happened that on the seventh day the battle was joined, and the sons of Israel struck down of the Arameans a hundred thousand foot soldiers in one day. But the rest fled to Aphek into the city, and the wall fell on twenty-seven thousand men who were left. And Ben-Hadad fled and came into the city into an inner chamber. Then his servants said to him, Behold, now we have heard that the kings of the house of Israel are kings of loving kindness. Please let us put sackcloth on our loins and ropes on our heads and go out to the king of Israel. Perhaps he will preserve your life.
So they girded sackcloth on their loins and put ropes on their heads and came to the king of Israel and said, Your servant Ben-Hadad says, Please let me live. And he said, Is he still alive? He is my brother. Now the men interpreted this as an omen and hastily catching this word said, Your brother Ben-Hadad. Then he said, Go, bring him. Then Ben-Hadad came out to him and he took him up into his chariot. And Ben-Hadad said to him, the cities which my father took from your father I will return, and you shall make streets for yourselves in Damascus as my father made in Samaria. Ahab said, And I will let you go with this covenant. So he cut a covenant with him and let him go. Now a certain man of the sons of the prophets said to another by the word of Yahweh, Please strike me. But the man refused to strike him. Then he said to him, Because you have not listened to the voice of Yahweh, behold, as soon as you walk away from me, a lion will strike you down. And as soon as he had walked away from him, a lion found him and struck him down. Then he found another man and man and said, Please strike me. And the man struck him, wounding him. So the prophet walked away and stood by, for the king, by the way, and disguised himself with a bandage over his eyes. Now it happened that as the king was passing by, he cried out to the king and said, Your servant went out into the midst of the battle, and behold, a man turned aside and brought a man to me and said, Guard this man. If for any reason he is missing, then your life shall be for his life, or else you shall pay a talent of silver. Now it happened that while your servant was busy here and there, he was gone. And the king of Israel said to him, So shall your judgment be. You yourself have decided it. Then he hastily took the bandage away from his eyes, and the king of Israel recognized him that he was of the prophets. And he said to him, Thus says Yahweh, Because you have let go out of your hand the man whom I have devoted to destruction, therefore your life shall go for his life, and your people for his people. So the king of Israel went to his house sullen and enraged, and came to Samaria. 1 Kings 21 now it happened after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, beside the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard, that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it is close beside my house, and I will give you a better vineyard than it, it in its place. If it is good in your sight, I will give you the price of it in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, Yahweh forbid me that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. So Ahab came into his house sullen and enraged because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and ate no food. But Jezebel his wife came to him and said to him, How is it that your spirit is so sullen that you are not eating food? So he said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite, and said to him, Give me your vineyard for money, or else if it pleases you, I will give you a vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. And Jezebel's wife said to him, Do you now exercise kingship over Israel? Arise, eat bread, and let your heart be merry. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Nahab's name, and sealed them with his seal, and sent letters to the elders and to the nobles who were living with Naboth in his city. And she wrote in the letter, saying, Call for a fast, and seat Naboth at the head of the people, and seat two vile men before him, and let them testify against him, saying, You cursed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him, so that he will die. So the men of his city, the elders and the nobles who lived in his city, did as Jezebel had sent word to them, just as it is written in the letters which she had sent them. 
they called for a fast and seated Naboth at the head of the people. Then the two vile men came in and sat before him, and the vile men testified against him, against Naboth, before the people, saying, Naboth cursed God and the king. So they took him outside the city and stoned him with stones, and he died. Then they sent word to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. Now it happened that when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money, for Naboth is not alive but dead. Now it happened that when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, Ahab arose to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. Then the word of Yahweh came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab king of Israel, who is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone down to take possession of it. And you shall speak to him, saying, Thus says Yahweh, Have you murdered and also taken possession? And you shall speak to him, saying, Thus says Yahweh, In the place where the dogs licked up the blood of Naboth, the dogs will lick up your blood, even yours. And Ahab said to Elijah, Have you found me, O my enemy? And he answered, I have found you, because you have sold yourself to do what is evil in the sight of Yahweh. Behold, I will bring evil upon you, and will utterly sweep you away, and will cut off from Ahab every male, both bond and free, in Israel. And I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha, the son of Ahijah, because of the provocation with which you have provoked me to anger, and because you have made Israel sin." Of Jezebel also has Yahweh spoken, saying, The dogs will eat Jezebel in the district of Jezreel. The one belonging to Ahab who dies in the city, the dogs will eat, and the one who dies in the field, the birds of the sky will eat. Surely there was no one who sold himself to do what is evil in the sight of Yahweh like Ahab, whom Jezebel his wife incited. And he acted very abominably in following idols according to all that the Amorites had done, whom Yahweh dispossessed before the sons of Israel. Now it happened when Ahab heard these words that he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and fasted, and he lay in sackcloth and went about despondently. Then the word of Yahweh came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Do you see how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but I will bring the evil upon his house in his son's days. All right. So Acts 12, verse 24. But the word of the Lord continued to grow and to be multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned to Jerusalem, fulfilling their ministry, taking along with them John, who was also called Mark. Acts 13, we're going to read to verse 15. Now there was at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed, sailed to Cyprus. And when they reached Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they also had John as their helper. And when they had gone through the whole island, as far as Paphos, they found a magician, a Jewish false prophet, whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul, and sought to hear the word of God. But Elimus, the magician, for so his name is translated, was opposing them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. 
But Saul, who was also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fixed his gaze on him and said, You who are full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord? Now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and not see the sun for a time. And immediately a mist and a darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking those who would lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had happened, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now after Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, but John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But going on from Perga, they arrived at Pisidian Antioch, and on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the synagogue officials sent to them, saying, Brothers, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say it. Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat and also wept when we remembered Zion. Upon the willows in the midst of it, we hung our lyres. For there our captors asked us about the words of a song, and our tormentors asked joyfully, saying, Sing for us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing a song of Zion? Uh, I'm sorry, a song of Yahweh in a foreign land. If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget her skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth, if I do not remember you, if I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Yahweh, against the sons of Edom, the day of Jerusalem, who said, Tear it down, tear it down to its very foundation. O daughter of Babylon, you devastated one. How blessed will be the one who repays you with the recompense with which you have recompensed us. How blessed will be the one who seizes and dashes your infants against the cliff. All right. And Psalm 7, or sorry, Proverbs 17, verse 16. Why is there a price in the hand of a fool to acquire wisdom when he has no heart of wisdom? All right, well, that is our reading for the day. Let's go ahead and do the evening devotion. The text for it is from Song of Solomon or Song of Songs 2, verses 16 and 7. My beloved is mine, and I am his. He feedeth among the lilies, until the day break and the shadows flee away. Turn, my beloved, and be thou like a roe or a young heart upon the mountains of Bether. <clears throat> Surely, if there be a happy verse in the Bible, it is this. My beloved is mine, and I am his. So peaceful, so full of assurance, so overrunning with happiness and contentment is it, and it might well have been written by the same hand which penned the 23rd Psalm. Yet, through the pro though the prospect is, exceedingly, is exceeding fair and lovely, earth cannot show its superior. It is not entirely a sunlit, sunlit landscape. There is a cloud in the sky which casts a shadow over the scene. Listen until the day break and the shadows flee away. There is a word, too, about the mountains of Bether, or the mountains of division, and to our love, anything like division is bitterness. Beloved, this may be your present state of mind. You do not doubt your salvation. You know that Christ is yours, but you are not feasting with him. You understand your vital interest in him, so that you have no shadow of a doubt of your being his, and of his being yours. But still his left hand is not under your head, nor doth his right hand embrace you. A shade of sadness is cast over your heart, perhaps by affliction, certainly by the temporary absence of your Lord. So even while exclaiming, I am his, you are forced to take to your knees and to pray until the day break and the shadows flee away. Turn, my beloved. Where is he? 
asks the soul, and the answer comes, He feedeth among the lilies. If we would find Christ, we must get into communion with His people. We must come to the ordinances with His saints. Oh, for an evening glimpse of Him. Oh, to sup with Him tonight. All right, well, that is our program for the day. Thank you for spending the time with me. I hope you have a wonderful day. I would continue to implore you to do all that you do for the glory of God, and I hope to see you tomorrow. Eve, or tomorrow. Um, let's go ahead and close out with the second day evening prayer. It's called Bounty. Let's pray. Thou great and only potentate, thou hast made summer and winter, day and night. Each of those, these revolutions serves our welfare and is full of thy care and kindness. Thy bounty is seen in the relations that train us, the laws that defend us, the homes that shelter us, the food that builds us, the raiment that comforts us, the continuance of our health, members, senses, understanding, memory, affection, will. But as stars fade before the rising sun, thou hast eclipsed all these benefits in the wisdom and grace that purposed redemption by Jesus thy Son. Blessed be thy mercy that laid help on one that is mighty and willing, one that is able to save to the uttermost. Make us deeply sensible of our need of his saving grace, of the blood that cleanses, of the rest he has promised, and impute to us that righteousness which justifies the guilty, gives them a title to, to eternal life, and possession of the Spirit. May we love the freeness of salvation and joy in its holiness. Give us faith to grasp thy promises that are our hope. Provide for every exigency and prevent every evil. Keep our hearts from straying after forbidden pleasures. May thy will bind all our wishes. Let us live out of the world as to its spirit, maxim, manners, but live in it as the sphere of our action and usefulness. May we be alive to every call of duty, accepting without question thy determination of our circumstances and our service. Amen. All right. Well, again, thank you for spending this time with me. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I hope to see you tomorrow. Have a good one. God bless.